Welcome, everybody, to the One to Go show. It is Puka once again joined by the Bert Lehman and the Ryan Aho. Uh, just a real quick note here if you could please like, subscribe, or even share the show. I mean, we. You know, we bring this up every once in a while, and it just, it's just kind of how this game works. It's how you get advertisers. It's how you get your numbers up. So you can take a moment right now. We'd appreciate that. You can find us on TikTok. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us in podcast fashion. And I know most of you are right here on Facebook. So with that, we had, and you've most of you have seen, a real crazy <laughs> week of racing, mostly in one place. And, you know, Bert, you've been to many. <laughs> yeah, rocky, Rocky. Uh, Bert, you've been to many USA Nationals at Cedar Lake, which we are, of course, referring to. Uh, I guess my one word for describing this one is just wild. Do you have a word that would describe this one? <laughs> uh, unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ryan, you have one there, word? But I, I wasn't there, but I watched it. I, was, I watched it all. I wasn't there, and I would say profitable. <laughs> the, the great word cooperated. Great the place was packed they put on a hell of a show and uh i think the cedar lake speedway the, the people running that place i think they did okay this week <laughs> all right so we got lots of topics to talk about and maybe bert will just start with you where do you want to start what, whatever subject you want to start on let's go ahead and start <laughs> well we might as well start on uh the tyler herb bobby pierce uh incident um <laughs> Cause that's, that's what all the talk is. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, I mean, the fact that, you know, a car crashed and there's a little bit of retaliation isn't surprising. We've all seen that before, but the level and extent that Tyler Erb took it, uh, after the initial retaliation, uh, you know, that I don't remember seeing anything like, I know, some people compare it to the Bill Fry, uh, Scott Bloomquist uh, incident at Eldora Speedway uh, at the Dream one year. That was the year that Jimmy Myers won the Dream. Uh, but it was uh, quite the show by Tyler Erb. Let's just put it that way. And like I told you, uh, Saturday Night Puka, I forgot to mention it in their after race show, but uh, of all the drivers to be complaining about contact with other drivers and being in spinning out a driver, you know, Tyler Herb shouldn't complain too much uh, because uh, he had a rough weekend as far as contact with other cars. Uh, uh, took out, flat out, took out uh, Ryan Gust or Gustin. Uh, was that Thursday night? Yeah, that and, pissed me off. He's a mod guy, right? <laughs> mod guy. He spun all my mod guy. I wasn't real happy about that. Yeah, I think that was and Thursday. That, and then after, con and then he, he hit uh, Gordy Dundaker in one of the heat races on Friday night, and Gundaker flipped his car, landed on the concrete uh, fence, and uh, his interview after, inter I mean, that was one thing, too, about this year's Nationals, you know, the person doing the interviews in the infield, I mean, he went right up onto the track and talked to the drivers while they were still strapped in their cars after, uh, after like, for example, that Gustin interview, he went or after the Gustin incident, he went up to interview Gustin and asked him what happened. And Gustin's response was, racing with squirrels, you're going to get your nuts cracked. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> so, one. So, <laughs> I mean, when you talk to the drivers that soon after an incident, you're uh, going to get quotes like that. 
Uh, but then when he interviewed Gundaker afterwards, Gundaker asked him, who hit me? Did you see who hit me? And so, you know, that was kind of amusing all by itself. Yeah. No, 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 I, I, I didn't. No, no, it was actually, it was real calm. He's like, oh, I didn't see it. Of course you saw it. Everyone was looking. <laughs> okay. Ryan, I guess, or, or Bert, you done, Ryan, you on this? Yeah, I'll, I'll let Ryan. Ryan, you want to go on the? Well, it, it was good stuff. At the end of the day, people are like, oh, he needs a lifetime ban. I talked to Casey Schumann from the World of Outlaws, and I said, how long is the suspension? He goes, this suspension is, is as long as I'm with the World of Outlaws, is what he said. He goes, so <laughs> if it's up to Casey Schumann, then, um, Herb, Herb, Tyler, Herb, Turbo, he ain't racing World of Outlaws anytime soon. I said, don't you think that's a mistake? I said, what a marketing opportunity. I said, you guys should really be sending them guys thank you cards and you should be giving them free invitation to your next big event because that will sell tickets, right? Is it right, wrong, indifferent? Should a person act that way? No, do they? Yep, absolutely. It's just the way it is. It's the way it is. If they would have had video cameras and YouTube from all the years I raced and people before me, think about the things Eddie Wakefield did back in the Modified, climbing up in the flag stand, punching the corner worker. I mean, all, I mean there's crazy things that have happened forever and ever. He, he tried to tee him up. I think he missed. You know, I don't have – that didn't – Dirt Vision didn't catch that part on videotape. I think he tried to tee him up, and, and uh, Pierce hit the gas, so he kind of missed him. Right. But then when he when he got to him, he kind of drove up on his nose. No, he didn't flat out just bonsai his front end. Was it wrong? <laughs> Obviously, it was wrong. Um, do I understand it? Yep, absolutely I understand it. When you're When you're a type A guy, when you're a competitive guy, when you're hunting for a win – and you're, you know, not that he would have won, but I think he was in to get a, you know, a solid finish. He was in the money. When somebody takes you out, you're pissed off. And when the world of outlaws has their stupid rules, right? They got their stupid rules. Whoever stops on the track goes to the back. That creates half this problem, right? If yeah. somebody could look at that and say, well, you know what? We're going to make the call on that. It's obvious. Pierce spun him out. Pierce is going to the back. Herb gets his spot back. Like every local race across the whole country. Herb wouldn't have been so pissed. He would have been like, all right, you're going to the back, bonehead. You know, no harm, no fault. My car is good to go. I'm still in fourth or whatever. I'm all good. But the fact that he got put to the back because obviously Pierce spun him out, that created half the problem. See, I hate that rule, and they make that rule so they don't have to have corner workers. They don't have to make a call. Is that right? Is it wrong? Ah. I think it sucks. As a racer, I hate it. And I think that's half the problem right there. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens in Florence because it's on both their schedules to go to the North-South 100. Saw them on Facebook where they had parking spots next to each other. That'd be good. That was That'd be Talk about so, a marketing opportunity. They're doing it. <laughs> they sure are. So, so with that said, you know, you're right. You know, Tyler Herb, how many times have you seen him slide job two, three, four cars at a time? The guy's flat out aggressive. I mean, he's aggressive. He's fun to watch. I hate racing against him because he's a weapon. He hits everything. But same thing with Bobby Pierce, Mr. Not-So. You know, he's he's fun to watch, too. Don't think I'd like to race against him, but he's fun to watch. So both of those people sell tickets. It's worth the price of admission to watch them go around the racetrack because something exciting is going to happen, and that's what the sport needs. Yeah, yeah, just a few of my thoughts. And I agree, Ryan. Yeah, the more, the more that kind of action, uh, you know, the better. And... One comment that you didn't repeat here, Bert, that you said that night, I think on Friday night even, before the Saturday night incident, was you had hoped that 
you know, Tyler Herb brought a lot of friends because he wasn't making any, and I definitely <laughs> agree there. And there was, uh, I think on Friday also, they one of the announcers, what well, was stepping in was Eshelman. Somebody called him Tsunami Bobby, and I kind of like that one, Ryan, Tsunami Bobby. But, yeah, and just a couple of, of – that, that They actually created a new nickname for him, and they're selling shirts with that on. That was before yep. the incident. Oh, even. is that – okay, okay, yeah. So, so that's, that mean, might that be better actually, than the fly swatter or the not-so-smooth. That was actually kind of fitting <laughs> that, that all that took place then on Saturday night. Uh, but I do want to mention one other thing about that incident, you know, because, of course, uh, you know, Bobby Pierce got uh, – sent to the pits because a crew member, I mean, his dad was on the track and, uh, you know, he came to the defense of his son, obviously. And I did find it interesting that uh, Bob Pierce, who, I mean, how old is he in his sixties? Uh, he was the first one to the car. He got there just, he got to Herb's car just before the world of outlaw official was. So, I mean, I thought the world of outlaw officials would get there sooner. Cause I mean, Herb parked his car in corner two sat there and was waiting for Pierce to come around the track. So you knew something was going to happen. Now, granted, I don't think anybody expected Herb to take it to the level that he took it. I mean, actually, when he, when, when they, when he pulled nose to nose with Pierce, you know, it's like, even that, you know, I don't think was too far, you know, adds a lot of excitement. The crowd was going crazy. But when he got on the gas that, I mean, like you said, he didn't, I mean, plow into him, but I mean, he got on the gas and, went up on his nose a little pushed the car back um you know that's when he took it too far and then he had his little tantrum in the pit area too and uh rode off the track on the back of the wrecker because the <laughs> outlaw officials took away his steering wheel <laughs> i thought that was well, yeah i'd never seen that i mean yeah and he fly i mean he said in the interview he said i was trying to wreck him he said i was done well and there was you know you you're you know bobby you're done now too so he was he was doing everything he could now, one thing I mentioned to you guys, you know, he didn't know who did it. And you could see him drive up to that Jumbotron and watch the replay. You know, that was the interesting thing. Without a replay, like, you know, this whole thing, like you said, Ryan, this, this dumb rule, this whole thing might not have happened. Well, without Jumbotrons, because he didn't know who did it, just like Gundaker. Gundaker didn't know who did it. You know, if Gundaker would have looked up at that and maybe seen it, it might have been a different story because he, he, was, he had plenty of time to cool off. You know, um, so that was kind of an interesting tidbit is that, you know, how the technology is kind of coming in. And then I did mention earlier in the year, do we have the personalities? Obviously, Moyer, Bloomquist, getting towards the end of their careers. Do we have enough personalities, enough talent to kind of carry the sport? I think that kind of answered our question this year. I mean, you could throw Tyler Carpenter in there. You could throw Bronson in there. Um, that's another incident we wanted to talk about, the Bronson-Mars incident. Ryan, one last thing on this that for me is – oh, go ahead. I was gonna say how cool. Oh, I, thought, I thought you said something. Carl, how, how cool was it that Hot Carl <laughs> rode on his car, right? So, so you got Hot Carl, who's basically made everybody, honestly, like everybody loves Hot Carl. So they saw that. How many people probably cheered and were like all pumped up for Tyler Herb after that? And then how how funny things change afterwards, right? So <laughs> kind of crazy. Well, but I, I was gonna say too. I've seen so many things worse. So your hero, Puka. Tom Nesbitt, right? <laughs> he's done far worse things than that. I mean, Probably, he's, he's yeah. the, I mean, it, it, this thing isn't on the radar. I mean, for God's sake, the guy burnt down the judges' stand in Superior. Like, burnt That's a right rumor. That's a rumor. 
That's a rumor, yeah. Now, John Cantor was trying to catch him, right? So he was a cop at the time. So, yeah, rumor. Right? Rumor. That was a rumor. Um, right? Koski, Koski was actually, remember when he was married to Angie, he drove Tom's car. Remember what he did to Provenzino and Hibbing? Oh. He drove all the way through the pit area at Mach 5 and T-Bone Provenzino's car in the, in the pits. So he got, he got kicked out for that. So I've seen far worse things than what went on. I think the worst thing on the whole deal was when he sped off with the official in his cockpit oh. and ran over the official. That was probably the worst thing. But him running into somebody's car, now had he connected, if Pierce wouldn't have hit the gas, he tried to wreck him there. Like he, he tried to stab him good. And Pierce hit the gas, and that's when he missed and kind of had to turn around. That could have been ugly. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but what he did there, should he be in trouble for it? Yep. Should he get his money taken away? Yep. Should we kick him out forever? Hell no. We need him back next week. <laughs> Go ahead, Bert. I, I want to just comment on the Hot Carl thing. Because uh, uh, when we were watching the intros and Hot Carl was riding along with Tyler Irv, I said to Puka, I said, boy, Irv had to get a bodyguard to protect them. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those ex-wives, they stick together. But um, uh, I want to say one more thing about Tyler Irv. I did watch his interview with Dirt on Dirt afterwards, and he was unapologetic, which, you know, I, I'm okay with that. You know, you don't have to apologize. But with he said some things that, you know, in the future, if Pierce is ever in a position to win a race, he's going to flat out take him out. He's not going to let him win any big race in the future. The only thing that does, it just puts a spotlight on him. So, you know, officials are going to be watching him a little bit closer because of some of these comments that he's made. Well, you know, and he's a fantastic interview. I mean, you know, I mean, other than the F-bomb, I mean, the F-bombs are good, but then you, you got to watch who's in the room with you. Like when I'm in a hotel room with an 11-year-old, I'm trying to play the thing at 9 in the morning. I'm like, whoa, maybe I'll put my AirPods in. But, um, you know, and he did say, is it one thing I give them guys credit for? They build a tough race car because you have to to keep up with that mother beep. <laughs> you know, and it was so funny. But, Ryan, he did make an interesting point, and you as a racer might be able to relate. He said, you know, basically, our locker room is open to the public. We have no privacy what did you think of that comment? That is one thing that, you know, I never really thought of, you know, as tempers flare, you know, what, what, what do you have to say about that? Well, that's exactly it. But you're a public figure. You're always in the spotlight. I mean, it's no different than any professional athlete. I don't care if you play football, hockey, whatever. The press is in every one of them locker rooms too, right? The press, if you go to any, any professional sport, the press is in the locker room always. Now the public may not be, but the public is, right? Because let's be honest, if something crazy interesting happens inside any one of them locker rooms, you don't think the media is going to have that posted all over anywhere? So, so that's just the way it is. If you're, if you're racing cars or if you're in sports, you're a public figure and there's always eyes on you, always. And uh, that's changed. You know, back when I was racing, there was flip phones. You didn't have a, a camera on your phone. You didn't have video. You didn't have YouTube. You didn't have all that stuff wasn't a big deal but that's the world we live in today so he already knows that and you know i mean let's face it the kid's a hothead you know i kind of i kind of like it about him really because he's got some fire i'd rather have that than some boring kind of lame oh you know i'm just happy to be here type no yeah. like i want somebody with some fire because that's exciting for the sport you got to have it do i agree with everything he says probably not um but the fact is it's exciting but you got to watch it. I mean, heck, he got arrested for punching, you know, Hudson O'Neill in Volusia, right? So he's already been suspended. 
you know. So I mean, let's let's face it, he's got to be a little smarter with what he's what he's doing out there, because there's always an eye on you, and that's just the way it is. All right, take two here. Uh, how about the Mars Bronson incident? Uh, Bert and I talked a little bit about it, you know, already, Ryan. Maybe we'll give you the first stab at this. Uh, too aggressive, just right. You know, I mean, I mean, hey, I mean, it's passing points. You had to do what you had to do. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't think it was too aggressive. <clears throat> I mean, he drove up the racetrack. He was taking it from him. He didn't come. He didn't come here to get second. He came there to win. He knew that that point, that spot mattered. That spot made a big difference, right? So he needed that spot, and and that's just the way it is. He didn't body slam him into the concrete. They he squeezed him into the fence. You know, I mean. It is what it is. He did it. I mean, I think he'll own the fact that he did it. I love what he said afterward, right? Because, again, it's playing into the personalities. We talked about this on the show. You need that. You need that, right? And he's like, you know what? Maybe some of his fans come, to, come down and buy a shirt afterwards. I'm like, that's great. That's great. Yeah, it was good. You know what? And I'm a Jimmy Mars fan. I like Jimmy. You know, but Jimmy probably chuckled when he heard it himself, you know, because Jimmy understands marketing. He understands this racing business. Heck, he's a promoter. So he gets it. You know, so – you know, I nobody got really hurt there. I mean, he he squeezed him in the wall. Was it aggressive? Yeah, too aggressive. Hell no. You're racing for fifty grand to win. And I've heard people say, I don't remember who it was. I think it was Bloomquist said I run over. Somebody said it. I saw it on dirt on dirt. I think I'd run over my mom to win. Hell, I think it was Tony Stewart said it. I'd run over my mom to win. Hell, I'd run over <laughs> your mom to win. You know, well, you know, I couldn't quite, but couldn't quite get by him. No, racing can be a contact sport. And from like Harry, how does it? Harry Hodge said, he didn't slam him, bump him, crash him. He rubbed him. And Robinson is racing. Racing, yeah, that's right. Well, Bert, you know we've, you know, you've been around late model racing a long time. And after you know thinking about some of these incidents, like like Ryan was saying, Turbo. I mean, we saw him. You know, he did. He did slide two, three cars at a time in heats and and the Bronson slider. And just over the last few years, it seems like there's been more sliders than ever. Do you agree? To me, I, I I'm just making an observation. Would you agree, Bert? And you can comment on the Bronson deal. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I mean, I mean, I've seen races at Eldora, and at Eldora, that's almost the only way you can pass is to do sliders uh, in some instances. Um, I mean, you want to see sliders done, go to watch the races at Eldora. They're, they're doing sliders almost every lap. Um, I mean, I don't have a problem with sliders. Um, and regarding the Mars-Bronson incident, I, I, re I saw the replay today. And uh, it was just good hard racing. I mean, there Bronson was going for the win uh, in a passing points format. You know, every point counts. And I was actually surprised Jimmy gave him as much space as he did. I thought Jimmy would would enter three and four and stay lower than what he did. I mean, maybe his car wouldn't stay down there and it drifted up to allow for the extra room. But, but I mean, Bronson definitely took the whole track coming out of four. I mean, he went from the bottom to the top and squeezed jimmy against the wall but i don't have a problem with that that i mean that's one of the things we like about dirt racing is it's not asphalt racing where you know it just you know follow the leader and you make passes without contact um so and i didn't have a problem with what bronson said afterwards either i mean like ryan said i mean that got the crowd riled up a little bit again and i mean as this usa nationals was great for um uh, for uh, quotes from drivers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, Ryan, any more on that topic or we move on? Well, plain and simple, it's dirt racing. If you don't like rubbing, slide jobs, quarter paneling people, it's your own asphalt. 
Ah, very good. <laughs> I love to play on words. All right. So, and, and it's not, the USA Nationals is not just about the National Series, the World of Outlaws. There's, you know, the great, you know, what they call them, I guess, the NASCAR late models now, or, you know, the Wazota late models, and they put on a, a great show. And if you hadn't heard of a young late model pilot named Jesse Glenn's heading into the weekend, you definitely knew who Jesse Glenn's in. Now, it kind of reminds me of whatever, five, seven years ago, when Demo kind of put the smackdown on everybody at the USA Nationals in both of those shows. And he ran really well in the Outlaws. But then it was like five days later that, you know, social media is blowing up that Jimmy Mars hired A.J. Demo. And because uh, A.J. Demo was just bad fast that weekend. Um, you know, so like I said, he kind of put his name on the map there. Uh, Ryan, did you get to see clips of that? Yeah, I watched, I watched both features, and, uh, you know, I, I like to call him Mr. September because, I mean, he was phenomenal at invite time last year. He had some photo finishes there, right? I think he actually was a demo that he passed. We were talking about for a photo finish at the Punky last year that was yeah. absolutely incredible finish, and, and he had another one the first night, and it kind of broke my heart. I'm a little bit pissed off about it because <laughs> I picked James Nitro Giassi to win. And I'm like, man, I, I, I was right. I picked my guy. He won. And no, Bert broke my heart because Bert picked Jesse Glenn's and he beat him by like a half a nose. I mean, so there you go, Bert. But, you know, hey, uh, a one-to-go show shout-out, we're a one-two-three, right? We're a one-two-three yeah. that first night. Yeah, right. So all of all three of our picks finished in – or all three of our picks finished in the top three – Giassi was good. Giassi was lot traffic the second night. Demo with a couple top threes. He ran good again. So is he hitting his stride as well? So there was some good racing in that, uh, I guess, local late model. I will call it local late model series. Um, there was some good racing in that as well. Daryl Nelson, guys, I don't know what he was doing in the heat races. Must have had some bad draws or Just whatever. bad draws. Yeah, bad yeah, draws. He started deep, and, boy, he put on a show, what, 18th to 3rd? Is that what he did the second the night? Second night, yeah, something like yeah. He was incredible because all of a sudden he was there was a caution. I'm like, Daryl won the B, and at that point he's like ninth. You know, it's like this is incredible. And and another guy that had to go through the B's both night was Pat Door, uh, because he started in the back, but he did get lapped the second night. He he, he passed some cars the first night, um, but yeah, Bert, what do you think? What do you you want to give a shout out to our Tyler McDonald too, Bert? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the the racing for the local uh, late models was, was phenomenal. Um, I've been following Jesse Glenn's for the last few years. Uh, I had the pleasure to interview him a few years ago for, uh, at that time, Dirt Modified Magazine, or no, Dirt, dirt uh, Late Models, because he was racing a late model at that time. Uh, but uh, he's a great interview. I didn't know anything about him really before I interviewed him. And, uh, I mean, he started in the B mods and he said he moved up because the B mods weren't fast enough. And then he went to the mods and he said the mods weren't fast enough. So <laughs> now he's in a division where it's a little bit faster. And I mean, he, you know, after his win at Punky Manor, uh, last year and this win, it just proves that he doesn't give up until he has crossed the finish line. Uh, cause he will, I mean, with two laps to go, I looked at the distance between him and Giassi and I just didn't think he had enough time to make that up. And he proved me wrong. Although I did hear an interview with Giassi uh, the next day and he said that he did get a little bit conservative. Um, so, you know, and I've heard other drivers say this is sometimes leading isn't a good thing because you don't know what the, what the drivers behind you are doing. So, you know, that, that kind of proved to be the case uh, on uh in, in that situation. 
Yeah, I told my brother, you know, he was marching and my brother was just, you know, cheering, cheering, cheering. I said, gosh, you know, he dug so hard to get into second, well, even third, you know, at that one restart. I said, ah, his tires are done. You know, he melted them off. And and just like you, Bert, I mean, there, there, there was, I don't think there was anybody that thought he was going to win that race until maybe when he entered, entered corner three. You know, even even then, it was like he's still. There's no way, and it was just incredible. The crowd went berserk, Ryan. It was just, it was awesome. And those two are best friends, right? Yeah. yeah. Jesse Glenn's are tight. You know, so you know, think about NFL football, right? How many times you see at the end of the game the team goes to prevent defense, and how often do you see that prevents them from winning? And uh, <laughs> that's what Jesse did. I mean, he he did let up just a little bit, and that opened the door. And Jesse Glenn's he slammed it shut you know so yeah you can't do that and Giassi, that's gonna stick with him it will because like he he had it won and then he just he didn't quite push it and it's like man oh man it's like oops he won't do that again you know so another guy you know that he came off a win at the mater 55 buzzy adam hey guys he was running second you know and then all of a sudden he, he expired a motor i don't know how what it was but there was some smoke uh. he pulled off but I would have loved to seen him not have motor issues because he would have been, you know, a, a top three car and what could he have done the second night. So, you know, Buzzy Adams is going to be a guy to watch in that 40 car as well in uh, just a tough break. He uh, and was bad enough on, on Friday that he didn't even come back on Saturday, did he? He was not even there. No, no I, he didn't. No. I was watching that race and the car started smoking and there are actually flames coming out from underneath in the motor area. So, um, I would imagine it was oil or something leaking out. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't yeah, good. It wasn't yeah, good. Yeah, and that Tyler McDonald, I believe it was his first time at the track. Very impressive. You know, obviously he, you know, he had a good starting spot both nights, but that first night, very impressive. You know, got out to a big lead, and those two youngsters, Jossie and Glenn's, tracked him down, and then he did end up starting on the pole the second night. I can't exactly remember where he finished. I think maybe third or fourth, but, um, but you know, like I said, first time being there, talked to his dad a little bit. and Well, his dad even raised the B uh, to get in and said, you know, guys, I'm just trying to keep up with my son. You know, so, <laughs> That's a tough task. Um, like I said, McDonald's... I mean, guys like that is what kind of make – go ahead. Yeah, Tyler McDonald was a hell of a driver in the modified, too. Um, he's a good driver. David okay. McDonald, I mean, he was a hell of a – he's a, still a good driver. But Tyler's going to be a guy to watch. And I'm super excited that them and Scott Ward made the trip over from South Dakota to this race. Because I'm going to be honest with you, where's Chad Becker? Aberdeen didn't race. He went to Miller to race against 12 cars. I'm sorry. Like, really? Come on. Kill him. Uh, you know, he, he just won a 10 grand to win. Come, I don't know. I mean, I don't know nothing about Chad's business or what he does or whatever, but, you know, I really like seeing some of these top guys come down and race on a big stage, you know, like the USA Nationals. So, I, as a race fan, I appreciate the fact that the McDonald's made the trip to Cedar Lake because it just adds that much more to the program. Mm -hmm. I agree. Oh, I agree. I yeah, I agree. I used to love Ryan when you and Provenzino would come down in the early two thousands. You know, it was the appreciation. I remember Eddie Kirchhoff coming from Gillette, Wyoming. You know, and then they kind of raced the whole circuit around here. And and uh, but yeah, it would have been nice to get a few more of those. Even even some of the Iowa cars weren't really there for the big stuff. Uh, you know, Jake Tim was there, which is awesome. Sorensen was there. Who else did we have on the on the local side that were travelers, Bert? Yeah, I mean, you Dustin had some from Sorensen, Jake Tim. Yeah, um, but, I mean, but even on the Wazoda side, who did we have? I'm trying I mean, to Chad think of Ma some of the names. Chad Mater was the only driver to to qualify for the big show. 
uh, local. I mean, I don't consider Jimmy Mars a local, you know, driver from that standpoint. So, I mean, Mater was the only one to qualify for the big feature. And I was surprised, you know, I was looking at Thursday night's results and actually Nick Evelink was the only local to qualify for that feature. Um, as far as, you know, the Wissota type drivers. Well, another guy that made yeah, his, yeah. his way down there, Puka, is Jeffrey Massingill. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jeffrey. And, and I yeah. believe he got 10th yeah. both nights. So, I mean, you got 40 cars. He rattled off a couple more top 10 finishes there at Cedar Lake. You know, so he didn't he didn't do very well in the world of Outlaws car. You know, he says, man, that's a learning curve. You know, I mean, he's used to racing locally in, you know, Superior Hibbing Crocker Rapids. And uh, getting into that deal is a big learning curve. But, you know, a couple solid top 10 finishes for him. And then uh, Bayenhaus, were they, weren't they there too? Yeah, there's two more. Yeah, yeah, Nick and Nate were there. Yep, yep. Yeah, that was awesome to see again. And, and uh, they both won heats on different yeah. nights, but they both won heats, yeah. Are they from Iowa? Yeah, Rock Rapids, Iowa. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was great. So that's what I mean. I mean, in the early 2000, I mean, I've seen Arment race there. I saw, I've seen Galling race there. You know, we'd see Rick Auckland's kid would come. Mitch would come. You know, we'd have a lot of the Canadian drivers would come down. And so it's, I mean, it's still a festival of late models. And like I said, you know, you know, both, like I said, both divisions per se are awesome, you know, but that's really the only time of year that I get to see, you know, a guy like Dave McDonald or Tyler McDonald, you know, or even Anvilink, you know, unless I go back to Cedar Lake, you know, I'm not going to see him again. So um, it's, you know, it's great when those guys come in and just adds, you know, cause I think they had 40, 40 cars Friday, Bert, right? On the, was Oda side 40 or 42? 40, and then they dropped 40 the one both with nights. Rosie. 40 both nights. Or 40 both the nights. Okay. Two left and two showed up on Saturday. Was, okay. was um, Anvilink the only Eastern Wisconsin car there? Yes. And I, yeah, where was Richie? You know, where, you know. Well, I mean, both Plymouth and Shano raced on Saturday night, but I thought maybe Brett Swedberg would come to the show since he's already missed a night at Shano. Uh, but he stayed home. I mean, Shano had a whopping 10 late models. Um, I mean, me personally, uh, for this weekend, I wish Sean for the weekend of the USA Nationals, I wish Shano Speedway would just um, not have late, you know, ha let the late models have the night off and, you know, let them travel to Cedar Lake if they want to race in that event. Um, but, yeah, Nick was the only Eastern Wisconsin driver there. I did find it interesting that, uh, you know, Demo did race with the World of Outlaws on Thursday night, but he sucked pretty bad, and then he just concentrated on the local stuff the next two nights. He didn't even try to qualify for the, for the you know, outlaw portion of the USA Nationals. So, you know, sometimes I you just ha have to concentrate on where you think you have the best chance of uh, – I mean, look – I mean, for example, also, I mean, Jimmy Mars was supposed to – you know he was racing both he was supposed to race in a b on saturday night but he didn't come out i'm assuming because he wanted to you know make sure he got all the changes that needed to get done to his outlaw car so he could place well in that which turned out to work out pretty well for him as he finished third you know what frosts me you want to know what like literally just makes my blood boil pisses me <laughs> off beyond all things is is when you have late model drivers who hop in a vehicle and they drive down there and watch. It's like I saw a few of those. What is wrong <laughs> with you? Especially if they're running good. 
you know, I can see, you know, if a driver's struggling and he just ain't running good, he's like, you know, I'm not going to waste the money. But if you're running good and then you kind of like puss up and don't go, they should just take your man card away, right? <laughs> and like that'll get you booted right out of the top 10 in the power rankings. Like don't like your name will no longer be in the top ten. You're booted. Like if, if you if you're running good and then you're you come down there to watch and you're like ah, I'm just not gonna race. Sorry, you're no longer in the top ten. You know, so that 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 just makes my blood boil. I mean, I I just don't get it. I, as a racer, I'm like if if I can race, I'm gonna race. I'm not gonna go watch. I'm not a fan. I'm a racer. What are you talking about? I'm gonna go watch, drink beer. What what? Sell your race. Why do you buy a fifty thousand dollar late model if you're gonna like park it at home and race for six hundred to win? Are you kidding me? They finally have money on the line. Go race. You know, pisses me off. You know, and you know, Jake Radetzky wasn't there. I think he hurt an engine or he hurt something pretty bad up in Superior. He had to miss the Mater too. That's another car that would have for sure been there um, had there been, you know, had he not had issues. But boy, speaking of people not being there, you know. What's your guys' thoughts on Davenport, McCready, Richards, Lanigan? Why? Yeah, I got a text message. Yeah, I got a text message from a well, guy. Lanigan was there. Or Clanton. Lanigan was there. Clanton. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I went back and forth on it, you know, especially, you know, T-Mac and Davenport who can get past champion provisionals. You know, and especially in a year of COVID where I'm, you know, they've, I'm assuming they've raced a lot less than what, you know, they, they normally would do. Um, you know what? I, I, so I kind of went back and forth. COVID, you should be racing. Um, the track, though, you know, I, we've heard people say in the past, you know, that that constant tilling, constant misting. You know, me and Bert talked a couple of times that the track just widened out nice in the heats. And then they'd go and missed, you know, and, and as you know, Ryan, it's a little tougher on equipment. We've heard complaints about that. We've also heard complaints about the double heats, Bert. Yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that was Davenport. So, you know, I, I mean, the, they raised the purse to 3000 to start. So you'd want it, you know, you're expecting people to show. Um, did it take away from the show for me personally? no. Because people that I wanted to see were there. But like I said, I got a text from a guy that said, I brought my son. Where's T-Mac? You know, my, I've got a T-Mac uh, shirt for my son. He's wearing it. Where's T-Mac? Where's Richards? What's going on here? And like we've always said, we talked about this with the Aberdeen Rumble and such. People complain we don't have enough high-paying races. They put together a high-paying pay, race, and then they don't show up. John Cardi was blowing up my phone. Right, and he's an avid listener of the show, but he was beside himself that some of these guys weren't there, and and I understand Davenport because Davenport, if you guys don't know, he's a he's farmer. He was a farmer, and uh, this past weekend was harvesting. I think he was harvesting like picking cherries. Um, <laughs> so he he went and raced against a bunch of scrubbers. And what's funny about that is he couldn't even <laughs> win there. He got like fifth. He was battling for second. He backpedaled a fifth against a bunch of nobodies. It's like, so he he was he was picking cherries. He was harvesting with his new cherry farm. Um, the rest of them, I really have no idea. I mean, maybe the droop rule. I I don't know, because most of them guys are Lucas Oil um, guys. Yeah. I know Thornton. He gets paid to race that modified, and he he won. That's my pick. Again, heartbroken. I'm like <laughs> RTJ. That's my pick. Right then. <laughs> Then all of a sudden I hear that after we get done with the show, he ain't coming. I'm like, really? 
But I was yeah. right. He did win. I mean, he won a seven grand to win mod show up at Park Jefferson. So he still did win if that counts for anything. But I just, I just throw him in the power it. rankings. Yeah, yeah. He, he modified power rankings. We'll put him number one. But the fact is, you know, it, it sucked that some of them guys didn't go. But it still had you still you still had number one, two, and three, right? One, two, and three in the whole country as far as open late models go were there, right? Yeah. And you can put them in whatever order you want. I personally, I put B Chef one, and then I think I I think I might put Overton second, Owens third, but that's very debatable, right? But I think uh-huh. we all agree that that's one, two, and three, and and they were all there. And then I don't think the crowd left there, even though some of them guys were missing. I don't think the crowd left and goes, man, I sure wish T Mac was there. No, I think they got a good show. I think they got their money's worth. So hats off to the Cedar Lake Speedway and and. Uh, I just shake my head at some of them people. I just, I really don't understand it. I, they race, Bert hit the nail on the head. They race for money. It's their profession. And they're going to take, well, we need a week off. We just had last week off. Like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, I just, I don't get it. But, you know, I guess that's to each their own or whatever. And I really don't know. You know, we can talk about the format here. I mean, I know Davenport's cried like a baby about it, right? Oh, I hate the double heat format. I hate it. You guys are race fans. And I'll, I'll weigh in last. What do you think about the format, and what would you do differently? What are some other options? What do you think, as a fan, could be different than what it is? Well, me personally, I I love the format. I mean, you get to see more racing. Um, the racing is more exciting from beginning to end because you're scrambling for every point that you can get. I mean, a single point can make the difference, you know, of qualifying in the top 16 or not. Um, I mean, I understand, you know, the elite drivers are used to starting up front and they don't necessarily want to have to race through the pack. But the thing that really irks me about Davenport's um, complaining about the format last year was that incident with him and Boom Briggs had nothing to do with the format because Davenport had a flat tire in that heat he came to the pitch, changed his tire, and was driving like a bat out of hell to try to get into a finishing position. So even if it wasn't for points, he would have been in the back trying to get – actually, it would have been more important for him to get to the front if it wasn't points racing. Uh, and, you know, and I know Boom Briggs was complaining about it last year. Well, I watched Boom Briggs go from first to last in a, in a single lap in his heat race. And so – I don't think you can cater to the outlaw regulars. Um, I mean, you have, we've talked about this a lot on this show. Racing is entertainment and you have to provide entertainment to the fans. And I think this former format provides that entertainment. Um, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, uh, yeah. I, you know, the heats, When Cedar Lake ran it as an independent show from about 06 until around 2010, then the outlines finally convinced them, you know, go with the outlaw route. When you time trialed, number one time trialer started heat one fourth, like the old UMP style. And those heats were good. They were very intense. It was the year Casey, one of those years Casey, remember he put uh, McDowell into the wall in the back stretch. I remember (laughs) one year T-Mac in the rocket passed Bloomquist. The whole place stood up went crazy 
you know, so they were really intense. Then when the outlaw format came in, you know exactly what was going to happen. Tim Fuller, fast time, he won on the pole. Boring. So then last year they go and change it. I'm a huge fan of it. If you're the outlaw format doesn't work for a crown jewel. It works when they come to Superior because you're not really there. I mean, you're there to see good racing per se, but you're also this kind of there to see the stars, you know. But if you're going to see good racing, you either got to do the old UMP style or you need to do the double heats. It's it, it just that way. Otherwise, you're just you're putting that fast guy in the front row. He's going to zing around, and the heats are pretty just irrelevant. Yeah, I totally agree. And Boom Briggs, I mean, he passed the most cars in that heat. It went from first to last. I mean, the wrong way, right? I don't think you get passing points for that. And that's why he don't like it because, let's be honest, he don't pass anybody. I mean, might be a nice guy, whatever, but let's just be honest. He's not the guy that's coming from the back to win. Now, there's two ways of looking at this. I love the way they do it now. I, I agree 100% with Bert that the double heat format, you know, it provides entertainment. There's multiple races. If a guy has a, a fairly rough, first heat they still have that second heat to make up some ground you know so it gives them another chance i like it um but there is one alternative now it costs the, tr the the problem is it costs the track a little bit more money and it also would add more time to the program just, just by a little bit i also like the format like if they ran like thursday night and say they ran for six eight ten grand to win and they locked and they took six and then like friday night they ran another complete show and then if you say you got six the first night, you could opt out of that and run the second show and slide somebody up. But take six from the first night, six from the second night, that's your inside and outside row, and then roll everybody into C's, B's, and A's. That's another way to do it. What I've seen tracks do in the past, though, that sucks is a lot of times when they do that, they don't pay a real purse for the first two nights because they call it a qualifying feature and everybody's racing for free. That makes all the racers crazy mad. So they'd have to generate enough revenue to pay that six, eight, ten grand to win each of them first two nights, that would be another way to do it. So where if you had a horrible first night, you could still race in on the second night and, and have a legitimate shot starting outside pole. You know, so that would be the only alternative, but you can't just run heats one day and features the next. There's just not enough entertainment value there. So I, I, as a race fan, I watched, I watched every bit of it. I watched it all on Dirt Vision. I was not disappointed. I thought it was a great program. And, and I, as a fan, I have absolutely no complaints. As a driver, that other alternative might be something. But, man, they made a ton of money, guys. I'm telling you, that place was packed. That, I mean, I did the math on how many people kind of came in and roughly, and I did the math on what they pay out. They did okay. Oh, I don't oh, think yeah, they make many changes. We were talking Saturday at 5 o'clock. What would your wife say, Bert? There are three types of beer. They already sold out. The New Glarus, the Lines. Yeah. Was there something? I mean, this is 5 o'clock on Saturday. Like, people are pouring in. Pouring right. in. Right. And it's – and it's you're sold out of, you know, this X, you know, beer. So, yeah, it was – it was uh, – like I said, it was – you know, it's a – like I said, it's a complete festival of late models. Absolutely love it. Uh, can't wait till next year. Tickets are booked. Hotels booked everything we're ready to go you know kind of thing yeah, um, i might have to join you i might have to join you next year. <laughs> yeah I, I don't i don't think covid had any impact on uh on this show whatsoever so uh you know it's good to see that people are still living their lives and um you know still having fun <laughs> well a couple of quick notes before we wrap up cedar lake so as i was sitting there saturday 
uh, they said we're going to go with opening ceremonies pretty quick and and you know they're just kind of waiting there not that I was angry but it was kind of like okay you know the the Jamie English she comes up from Nashville every year to sing the sing the anthem we're kind of sitting there and then then the light bulb goes up oh yeah that's right the flyover so you know they do a flyover on Saturday night and then they do fireworks shoot off when the rockets red glare during the anthem um, not, nothing at Cedar Lake is random for this event the the okay when it's when it's time to till the track they don't turn on like back in the day when i used to first start going to, to cedar like it was cool 108 the oldie station right and then later it turned to country you know they're playing sweet caroline i'm out getting sweatshirts on saturday they played it every night when there was downtime i'm out getting sweatshirts you know parked out in the field because you can't get parking all you hear out there is bop 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 sorry audience i'm not a singer but you know it's like and then they play the cha-cha slide like it's not random you know and then you leave the races and there's two or three of the coffins out there. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. I don't think I've ever been thanked in another racetrack, but every detail there, and this is the biggest show. It's like, you really don't even need the, the detail because three quarters of the track is 15 beers deep. They might not even notice, the, you know, the detail, but a sober guy like me, I noticed it, you know? And, and so it just, you know, like I said, it's just an incredible event that they keep trying to make better. I, I got to see the, the pit stub, the concrete in the, pits i talked to rick eckert he said this is fantastic so this place was this was the pits were known as a sandbox here he said i love this concrete so um they're doing everything they can to make it a great event for fans well and speaking of rick eckert we got to give a shout out to him i mean yeah. finishing second yeah. uh in, in the future one of these I guys mean, <laughs> too so i wore the shirt thank you everybody with the fans fun too it was a great you know thanks for everything I you've mean, done and all the volunteering I, I thought that, you know, he was past his prime and, you know, he wasn't, you know, he's a fan, fun, he's a fan favorite, you know, he'll come in, collect his money. I mean, he'll race, but, you know, he's not going to be in the mix. And I mean, during those last few cautions, Pook and I were talking, we said, Eckert could win this thing yet. Yeah, yeah, he was, <laughs> he was he there. And he started yeah. 12. It's not like he just got second. He just kind of hung on. He passed cars. I mean, he was racy. He looked good. And I, I, we have to give a shout out to Jimmy Mars too, right? He was a guest on yeah. our show, you know, and hometown guy there. He got a solid third place finish and Bloomquist, he, he finished up there. I mean, so, I mean, you know, some of them, you know, maybe Bloomer, he got. Yeah, I don't think Bloomer with, passed too many cars. We were talking no. about, like, son was talking to him a bit after, and I started thinking about it. It's like, I, I mean, I'm sure he passed a few, but yeah, he just bought. I remember back in 2010 ish, 11, I think it was the last time he won. It was really muddy. That was a night. Bert, we were there forever because it rained and he said sometimes you need a tough car to get to the end because only like eight cars finished that was the year that he pitted with like four lap or 14 or 15 laps to go there's only like 10 cars still racing so he put all four on started at the back and ended up passing Moyer and that was like the only crown jewel that year that Moyer didn't win in that victory circle but you know there's a point to that you gotta have your you know your shit together in order to get to this finish line especially when you know Cedar Lake's gonna till the track it's gonna be tacky at the start and that whole deal so you know, and, and so, like I said, he might not have passed cars, but he was there in the end is what matters, right? Another driver Absolutely. that I want I want to make a mention of, and Ryan will like this because I'm going to talk about a modified driver, is Kyle Strickler could drive a late model. Uh, <laughs> uh, I watched him through, you know, throughout the, the nights there. I mean, he won the Fans Fun Dash race, uh, and in other races, he was he was running well. He, he got up to, in the top 10 at one point in the feature but then i think he faded a little bit but uh if he keeps going the way he's going i mean he's gonna be a driver to reckon with in the in the 
late model ranks. So uh, that that was good to see. And I mean, we have to mention Overton. I mean, he's the driver who actually won, won the race. <laughs> oh um, yeah, we forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I just want to say, you know, about 40 laps into the race, and that's that's kind of how long it takes for the track to clean off after they they do the farming. Uh, but I was thinking to myself, whoever can make the bottom of the track work is going to win this race. And Overton, actually, he wasn't even racing the bottom. He was racing right in the middle. Right in the middle and, yeah. uh, and actually, that's where Madden raced last year, if you remember. I mean, he drove right in the middle of the track, not up on the cushion, not way down low, but right in the middle. So it, it seems to be if you can make your car work in the middle uh, late in the race, you know, you're going to have some success there. Yeah, and he looked like a NASCAR driver on the asphalt. I mean, he just was yep. sideways, just smooth as silk, just lap after lap, just like, you know, I guess racers call it, you know, hit their marks. And he just, yeah, he was super impressive, super fast all weekend. You know, of course, he won Thursday. Night. He brought him, a lot, brought him a lot of money from Wisconsin. <laughs> so, all right. Is that kind of all we got on Cedar? We ready to move? Uh, oh, we got one more thing on Cedar. We got to talk about the 13-year-old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Gavin Terrace, right? Is that the correct last name? Yeah, so uh, USRA, Ryan's favorite, the USRA Limited <laughs> or Slash Crate Late Models Thursday night. Um, go ahead, Bert. You can take it away. <laughs> well, uh, Gavin Terrace, 13 years old, he won his heat race, and he may have – there were a lot of good quotes this year. Uh, he had one of the top quotes of the weekend. Uh, the announcer was talking to him about the heat win and, you know, uh, you know, if he had a chance to win the feature and his response was, well, I didn't come here to finish second. And uh, so, you know, that's the, the G rated version of the Tyler Carpenter uh, St. Louis saying, uh, but anyway, uh, then he wound up starting on the pole in the feature and led the good majority of the feature did get past late in the race and did finish second. But I mean, for a 13 year old, he has nothing to be ashamed of. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, very impressive. Yeah, and then, uh, of course, a huge ovation after he said that, too. So everyone, you know, they, everyone was aware he was 13 and, and uh, very impressive. So, all and, and right. Puka, I know your son was watching him a lot because he was very impressed with the 13-year-old. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's what he thinks <laughs> what he's going to be doing when he's 13. And I, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to tamper those expectations. <laughs> 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 so all right ryan um or anything else bert you try to well, say one something? more thing how's your head okay. oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, so, race fans. hit you in the head instead of hit you somewhere else you're pretty hard-headed <laughs> i talked to heather oh, yeah she said you get hit there ain't gonna hurt a thing <laughs> so this is this year's rock took her off the skull i was leaking pretty bad but we came back yesterday not even a headache this is my third pretty decent one this is Proctor in about uh, 2002, <laughs> and then Cedar Lake about 2003. We're sitting by the one of the reasons we moved from the flagstock to get hit by a rock. Well, you get closer to turn four, and then this is. And the crazy thing <laughs> is, it was only at the start. And Ryan, I don't know if you know the geometry on this. We're just we're just trying to figure out how they're coming up. Are they spinning into the car behind them, and the cars come with velocity, and then they're bouncing up? There, we're trying to, and then you know we're at the very top row. Um, of the aluminum seats. So we're not, you know, and it's like, I mean, that's a pretty decent sized rock. It's just, you know, we're, we're, we've been all weekend. We kept trying because this happened right away Thursday night during rate. Right, there was a second caution, I believe in the 
World of All Law main event. They came around to take the green. I watched them. I looked at the green. I looked at the cars. And I got lit up <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, we kept, I got, we got hit with a few more. The kids got hit people. I mean, but smaller ones, but it's only at the start when they're tucked in and, and then maybe the next lap. But other than that, I, I just, I don't know. And, and then I've heard sometimes when they turn the wheel, they pinch them. Um, but they're getting well, quite, you know, big fence. That's coming off the right rear. That ain't coming off a front tire. Not with that kind of velocity. Right. So I can't hear good. you, Ryan. Can you hear him, Bert? Yeah, I can hear him. That was my fault. <laughs> Somewhere along the line with the rocks, I hit the mute button. <laughs> way, way to go, rookie. Way to go. So that's coming off the right rear. I mean, that's not coming off the front with that kind of velocity. And, you know, that that's that's one of the things with dirt track racing is you got to keep your head on a swivel because no matter how hard they work on that track, no matter how much they pick the rocks, it's dirt. There's going to be rocks in it. It is what it is. And you know, you guys might want to consider moving up or think finding a different place to sit, moving up top in the back straightaway. I don't know what to tell you, but maybe get up <laughs> in that booth or something. But, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah I saw I saw the picture, and you kind of had a whole bunch of red Kool-Aid on the you, – you, you must have dropped some Kool-Aid on the ground there, huh? Yeah, yeah, on the rocks there, yeah. So, uh, uh, but, yeah, I told my wife we might have to spend the extra money for the VIP next year for safety. Safety oh, no, reasons. No, right? you can't do that because you sit right in front of me, so you're my my butler. <laughs> I'm your rock protector. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's good. You know, that, that's a good host of the show right there is taking one for the team. I mean, that probably was going right at Bert, and it was nice of you to step in. So Bert, you probably thank him for that. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy when you're not ready for it. You know, it just like like I said, completely lit me up, and then. You know, I'm like this. Is it? Am I bleeding? And then my brother says I'm chewing gum. So we're up there getting bandaged up. You know, it's intense. I want to get back to the feature. Every time I take a bite <laughs> out of the gum, blood would squirt out. So I'm like, gosh, you know, thanks for telling me now. After I'm all bandaged up, he tells me he should have said spit out the gum, you know. But so, yeah, but yeah, doing fine. So, all right, time to move on. We'll get the show going here. So, Ryan, you, uh, there was racing outside of Cedar Lake uh, this weekend. You were up in at the Viking Speedway, uh, up in the booth with the announcing duties. Uh, yeah, I was going to – I totally had planned on going to the USA Nationals. My buddy Jeff Krause, of course, he's the board member over at the Viking Speedway. He said, hey, our announcer can't be there. Can you announce? I'm like, never did a whole show by myself, but, hey, I'll give it a whirl. And had a lot of fun doing that. And so it's really good to, to get down to the Viking Speedway in Alexandria, be able to um, kind of say my piece there. Had a lot of fun doing it. And just, just a small tidbit on the Wissota racing, Shane Sabraski's the man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, four for four again this week, right? So he went – they had a pair of – I think they were 1,000 to win each night. There might have been just a titch less at I-94 on Friday. But he, he won both Superstock features. I mean, he killed them in Alexandria. Then he won the Modified feature in Alexandria. Then he just randomly hops in another guy's B-Mod in, in I-94. He wins that too. You know, so it's like <laughs> – when he shows up, it's like everybody just got to go shake their head and go, all right, all right what's second pay? You know, because, yeah. I mean, four for four again, the guy is absolutely on a mission. And uh, it's a treat. It really is, as a race fan, an enthusiast, it's a treat to watch somebody that good dominating the way that he is. I really feel bad for him that there's no Wasota points. I really do because yeah. he'd be on top of both classes right now, no doubt. And uh, he's got to be the biggest loser in the season when it comes to the extra money from the Wasota Championships because I don't think anybody have anything for him this year. Yeah, very impressive. And the Streak Stop Tour wrapped up? 
No, it did not oh. wrap up. It was supposed to wrap up. Johnny Carter, um, actually Eric Riley was leading the point, still is. Johnny Carter won over in Jamestown. I saw a little drama there on Facebook. Uh, Riley was a little upset. Sounds like there might have been a questionable call. I did not see it, but uh, I did see his posts, and uh, it wasn't politically correct. He kind of said it how it is. And Cheyenne Speedway rained out on Sunday, but they rescheduled uh, that race for a couple weeks from now, and it's coming down to the wire. Two points separate first and second. If Johnny Carter wins and Riley finishes anywhere third or back, Carter will that'll actually tie okay so there's a potential that they could tie for the points and then they got to come down to a tiebreaker so it's going to be interesting going into that last night at the Cheyenne Speedway that event will be on Dirt Race Central so I will be watching it because them street stops guys they've been they've been putting on some really really good shows <laughs> well speaking of some good shows the Woo Sprints you were able to catch some of their action over the weekend yeah, you know my uh, my buddy Keith he's our expert sprint car <laughs> analyst analyst here and he says man you got to jump on and watch this. And, and I did, you know, uh, his brother, Jeff, actually is our late model analyst. He's been kind of giving me some tidbits there as well, but uh, both of them gave me some information and I watched, I watched on dirt vision. Of course they had the iron man and Kyle Larson. He's the iron man. I mean, yeah. he's the number one guy in the world in, in sprint car racing in the world right now, but it was interesting. Guys, it was a hell of a race. I mean, if you didn't get a chance to watch that, jump on Dirt Vision. It was really good. Kyle Lar or Kyle Larson just about went over. Rico, you know. Rico, Rico him, I heard Rico, that. Rico, Rico yeah. dumped him and just body slammed him up into the cushion. And, and uh, Kyle Larson just about toppled it. He saved it. He got back on the gas. He drove up front and won, put on a hell of a show. And uh, in the points deal, 20 points separates the top three. The late model points are, it's its like pathetically right. separated between first and second. But the sprint car points, 20 points separates the top three right now. Sweet's leading. And uh, I think they're actually tied. I think. Tied, yeah, Schuhart and uh, Shots are tied. Tied for second, 20 points back. And Knoxville coming up. This was supposed to be Knoxville Nationals week, right? And they're still having a huge World of Outlaw sprint car show at Knoxville. Of course, not all the fans, a little different deal. But, uh, if you, if you are a sprint car fan, you have got to see the list of people that are coming. It's a who's who of sprint car racing. And uh, even Joey Saldana, I haven't heard that name all year. He drove for Dan Motter. You know, he's going to be there. So, I mean, it's a stacked field for this deal down at uh, Knoxville. And I'll be watching that this weekend for sure. And just a note on Knoxville, I talked to Chris Simpson a little bit, and he said that the the uh, late model nationals down there at Knoxville will take place. He said they're going to open the backstretch, which they normally don't do. So fans can be on both sides to social distance. So that is good news um, for, you know, late models, late model fans in the Midwest, upper Midwest, that uh, that race in Iowa will take place in September. All right. Um, I guess we'll move on to the preview section here, Bert. Uh, your Dirt Kings are are about, well. When's the last time they raced? I mean, <laughs> when's the last time they had a points race? Out of game. I, I don't even know when the, their last points race was. Um, but uh, yeah, they're at, they actually have two shows this week. They're going to be racing at Plymouth Dirt Track uh, in Plymouth, Wisconsin, on Friday night. Uh, that's actually uh, one of their biggest paying shows on their schedule. I think it's like. 4100 or $4,200 to win. Um, 
and then they'll be racing Sunday night at uh, Gravity Park. Uh, they've never raced at Gravity Park Speedway before. That's by Chilton, Wisconsin. And um, that race is actually replaces a race at Angel Park, which is down by Madison, Wisconsin. Um, the county hasn't let any of the racetracks in that county open, so uh, obviously they can't race at Angel Park if they're not allowed to open. So, so there'll be two Dirt Kings races, and then Plymouth and Shawano will have their regular shows on Saturday night. So late model drivers have the potential to race three nights this week in eastern Wisconsin. Uh, so we'll see how some of the drivers do. Maybe another one can pop into the top ten if they roll off three straight wins or something like that. Bert, can you get the can you get the video footage from all three of those nights and send us over the features so that way you know I'm sure something cool will happen there that way we can see it. I'm not sure if it's being streamed, but can you get us the features for those? Um, I will see what I can do. I know I can get you channels for sure. Um, I'm not sure about the other ones, but I'll see what I can do. Awesome. All right, Ryan, are you going to put your butt down in a seat down at Falls on Wednesday? This is your chance. You've been talking about Fairberry. It's time for the Summer Nationals to <laughs> kick her back in gear. Well, you know, what's disappointing is Florence, their first race is on Wednesday. So Lucas really? Oil and Florence is racing Wednesday, Thursday, and then their Friday, Saturday doubleheader. Now, with wow. that said, I don't know if these guys are going to eat. Who's going to be in? Um, in I don't know who's going to be in Fairbury. I know that Pierce, I know that Tyler Herb, I know them guys. It's it's on their schedule to already be in Florence on Wednesday. So poor mm. planning there on wow. on Fairbury's part to even have that show against the opening night of of the Crown Jewel down there. So I'm really really curious. And actually, my my buddy Jeff's the one who pointed that out because I said, "Man, I was jacked up. I'm going." He goes. You know, hey, here's the deal. You're going to Fairbury, but who's going to be there? You know, he goes, aren't all them guys going to be in Florence? I'm like, and I'm like, well, they don't run Wednesdays. I go, yeah, they do. So I had to look wow. it up, and he was right. Painful I didn't know that either. He was right. <laughs> Jeez, that's I why, didn't know that's that either. Why so he's what... our sprint, that's why he's our late model analyst. Right? That's <laughs> yeah. why he's right? that, So is it Wednesday, Wednesday complete show or Wednesday – and then yeah, Thursday Wednesday, complete show. Wednesday's a complete show. Thursday's a complete show, and then Friday, Saturday is the the I believe forty grand to okay. win for the North South One Hundred. Well, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because some of those guys could look at it, you know, say, "Well, geez, do I want to go race against all of that when I could, you know, because you know, you know what you're going to get at Falls, you're going to get a great track, you know, and and uh, so yeah, I mean, not not that Florence isn't, but I'm just saying, you know, what I mean, you you might get some of those guys that say, "Geez, if I could kind of race closer to home, sleep in my old bed for." For another night and then head down but wow well, that two, is interesting two things on that right number one will be the weather so they'll look at the weather to decide if the weather looks crappy in florence or whatever then it's that might determine everything right there but then the other thing it's like a paid test session i mean i think it's 12 grand to win on wednesday you know so i believe i, I could be wrong i'd have to look at that i think it's 12 grand to win on wednesday so they can look at that and say you know what we can race for 12 grand to win and, and really sharpen our pencil you know, between Wednesday and Thursday. So when we get to Friday, we have like a full notebook on what we like on the car. So that way they can be ready to go for 40 grand to win. So it, it'll be interesting to see for sure. So I have not yet decided if I'm going to go to Fairbury. I'll be watching it regardless because um, I believe that's going to be on Dirt Vision. Um, so I will be watching it, but I'm a little skeptical about going down and spending the money now that Florence is racing because I just don't know. I can watch both of them see it from home. Right, right. Do we want to make some picks for Florence, guys? Bert, who's hot? 
Oh, you always ask me first. <laughs> well, I felt um, like the first few times we did picks, we, we would always pick, we were always last. So I feel like I'm, uh, I'm self-conscious about not calling on you. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll go with, uh, um, the Madden, uh, thing from last year and go with Overton. Oh, okay. <laughs> the repeat. The repeat. Go two in a row yeah. on the crown jewels. Yes. Brian, who you like it? Rocket one. Rocket one, yeah. So some engine troubles at Cedar Lake for those of you race fans that didn't catch that. He was smoking, ended up needing to be pushed off. So you got rocket one. Well, I guess that leaves the other rocket. Well, I guess Overton's at a Longhorn, but may as well go with Jimmy Owens then uh, <laughs> just to kind of round it out because those are definitely the top three drivers right now. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Wow, lots of racing going on down there. All right, well, I guess that gets us to the last lap segment where we have one to go. So some sad news uh, in Wazota Land, Ryan, down at I-94 for uh, September's big race. Yeah, interesting. Wazota 100 canceled for the 2020 season. By now, everybody knows about that, of course. Um, For the life of me, I don't understand why they didn't just move it to South Dakota, Wisconsin, something like that. But I-94 is still going to run. I believe it's going to be King of Dirt. or It's still going to be something like that where they're going to run a three-day show that same weekend. So there's going to be racing. And I know some other tracks in Wissota because now when the Wissota 100 is going on, guys, it's the exclusive event. No other track is going to run a Wissota event that weekend. So now I-94 is going to run. What's going to be interesting to me is, is there going to be a handful of other tracks that decide, hey, we're going to have a show too. Um, that might very well happen. So, yeah, no Wissota 100 for the 2020 season, no national points, no challenge series, no advantage RV mod tour. Sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just kind of a throwaway year. Yeah, so the people at Cedar Lake were kind of scratching their heads too, like, wow, you know, what does this mean for us? You know, are we going to have – you know, do we need to start thinking about overflow pits? Do we need to start, you know, looking at, you know, we're going to start looking at this differently because, you know, there was on our, you know, that was what Thursday, right? That broke on Thursday. So, yeah. all right. Speaking of I-94, uh, so the Dick Johannick Memorial is coming up here, what, this Friday? Yeah, 41, I think it's 4187 to win I-94 Speedway. That's going to be on Dirt Race Central. Um, It's actually I-94speedway.tv um, if you can't make it there. But last year, this event, they ran it against Ogilvy. If you remember that, Ogilvy ran a doubleheader yes. the week before Labor Day. They ran a Friday-Saturday Challenge Series deal. And I think the Challenge Series paid two grand to win each day. Half the Challenge Series guys skipped the Challenge Series show, went to the Dick Johannic Memorial because it paid a hell of a lot more. And I'm happy to see that it's not against anything this year. So that should be a very, very good show out there at i I'm expecting to see over 40 late models at that. Um, I think it should be really good on Friday night. All right. And then to wrap up, uh, a little Labor Day Point Fund is uh, brewing. Yeah, I was hoping to have all the details finalized (laughs) here for the show, but we will be able to launch all that next week. Um, But needless to say, no challenge series. Over Labor Day weekend, um, the Silver 1000, the Wissota Classic Labor Day shootout, that's all challenge series. That brings a bunch of late model guys in, okay? Well, and also there's no late models this year at the Viking Speedway in Alex. They're not having late models on Labor Day weekend, Uh, which is great, right? Because now we might get some of them North Dakota cars. So what we're doing on that weekend is we're in the middle and we're close to being done is we're putting together a point fund to pay the top 10. It's going to be, it will be for sure. It will be two grand to win 
um, for the, you take them four shows, combined points over the four shows. So for late model guys, it's going to pay 3000 to win Thursday night at ABC Raceway in Ashland. It's 3500 to win at the Wissota Classic in Grand Rapids. Wow. And it's going to be two grand to win each day at the Labor Day Shootout in Hibbing. So when you add all that up, you got two, four, you got 10, five, you got $12,500 possible over a four-night swing up in northern Minnesota on Labor Day weekend. Um, we're pretty excited about that for sure. Wow, awesome. That's really good. Yeah, thank you for doing that. That's a great, uh, great thing. And uh, uh, so no NLRA, that is interesting. Yeah, because they always race against down there. So, yeah, it'd be nice. I don't know. I don't know. The last time I saw a North Dakota driver at the Labor Day shootout, it's been, it's been several years. It has so, been too yeah. long, too long. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, all right, anything else, boys? No, that's no, all I got. Are you going that. anywhere this weekend? Bert, I'll start with you. Are you going racing this weekend? Um, I am not sure yet. Um, I mean, being gone for uh, three, three, well, I might as well say four days counting Sunday because it's the day of recovery. Day of uh, I, I got to catch up on some things and uh, have a family function on Saturday. So I'm not sure yet if I'll be going anywhere this week. Yeah, I'm planning on, I mean, late models Thursday in Grand Rapids, Ryan? Nope, not this week, next week. Sprints? Sprints. Okay. This week, yeah, s- Hall of Fame night. It's actually a Larry Mackey Memorial Pure Stock Invitational. They're paying 400 to win for the Pure Stocks. A bunch of people have donated to that, so it's pretty cool. But uh, it's going to be a full field of cars plus non-wing sprints next week is going to be late models back at the – Donlinger Ford Grand Rapids Speedway. Okay. Well, yeah, I still want to get out there and catch the sprints one night. So, yeah, I suppose we'll do Thursday, Friday, probably nothing. But um, Saturday, we'll get over to Hibbing, you know, weather permitting. And uh, and that'll be that for the weekend. And, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got a slight, slight um, urge to maybe try Mississippi Thunder a week from Friday because they'll be having that uh, special down there, the Dairyland. I think they call it the Dairyland. We'll talk about more about that in next week's show. So, We'll see. How about you? Or are you heading yeah, back I'm to be Illinois? I'm a whole lot of racing online this week. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been, I think it's been three or four weeks in a row that I've been gone on the weekends. Uh, this weekend, I'm not going anywhere. Thursday night, of course, Grand Rapids, I'll be watching that. I'm going to watch, I'll watch all the Lucas Oil stuff, um, the North South 100. I'm going to watch some of the stuff on Dirt Vision with the Hell Tour. I'll watch that. Um, Friday, I'm excited to watch the late models because Dirt Race Central is covering the Dick Johannick Memorial. That's going to be a great way, race to watch. Um, Saturday, I'm, I'm not sure what I'll watch on Saturday. Probably the North-South 100. Um, Sunday, hopefully I get back. Hopefully the Bullring and Casino Speedway can run. But I'll be, I'll be catching a bunch of racing online, swinging the golf clubs, and spending time with the better half. <laughs> All right. Well, that, uh, that'll be a wrap. So, yeah, have fun, guys. Uh, drive safe on your way back there, Ryan. Yeah, and like I said at the top of the show, everyone, if you like I said, if you could like, share, subscribe, give us a thumbs up, all those you know things you need to do on social media, we'd really appreciate it. And uh, summer is uh, slowly trickling to an end here, so if uh, if uh, you have any other you know, like I said racing plans, it's, it's time to get out there. So with that, we'll wrap up. Get out there and be your dream. You're tuned to the One to Go show.